Hi, this is David Ruprecht from Supermarket Sweep, and I want to remind you the next time you're at a checkout stand and you hear the beep, think of all the fun you could have on Supermarket Sweep. And I never asked to grow up, so please don't make me do it. I wasn't meant to grow up, don't think I'll make it through it. Things have been going south since I hit puberty. It looks like growing up is just Welcome to Inside Your Head. This is Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by professional Scrabble player, chess champion, and featured trivia expert on the Game Show Network's best ever trivia show, Jonathan Corblaw. It's very cool to have you here. Thanks, Bobby. I appreciate it. Um, I, uh, I love doing uh, podcasts. It's one of my favorite things to do, actually, so I'm really glad you invited me. Oh, excellent. Awesome. And I, myself, was a sixth grade chess club champion. Out of here. Yeah, um, it was a little while ago, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still have my trophy. <laughs> but, uh, <yeah>. So, <laughs> how did you get in? How did you get on the show? How did you get on Best Ever Trivia Show? How did the How did the whole role come about? Well, I have been competing on game shows for most of my life. Actually, I started doing game shows when I was twelve years old. And, uh, you know, I kind of have gotten a little bit of a reputation. I've tried out for basically every single game show that has come along because I'm a little bit of an addict, especially uh-huh. the trivia ones. Because, I mean, I host, uh, you know, pub quizzes. I compete in pub quizzes. I write questions. I've uh, played quiz bowls, all those sort of things. So kind of like my life culminated up until the point where the uh, casting people found me. And they actually called me into audition. I went through the whole process. It was really exciting. Yeah, yeah. I saw that uh, you were on uh, the world. Uh, Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego when you're 12? So, uh, th- was that the first game show you watched, or were you a fan of game shows before that? Yeah, you weren't the only one who was a genius in sixth grade. Uh, yeah, I got called to uh, Carmen Sandiego when I was uh, 12 years old. Uh, it was actually they came to my school, and I auditioned. Basically, the teachers pulled a few kids out of class. And, you know, they kind of picked a few kids who they had an idea would do pretty well on the show. And yeah, I was like, yeah, I know where Australia is. Well, I know where South Africa is. And <laughs> next thing you know, a week later, I'm on a, <laughs> wearing a red jacket in a studio in Chicago, New Jersey. Yeah. What was that like, you know, to be uh, to be 12, year old, 12 years old and be on a TV show? You know, surprisingly not as cool as you would think. A lot of the kids who were like, you know, in the schoolyard, I was like, hey, guys, guess what? I could get a TV show. And they're like, whatever, loser. I was like, well, <laughs> you know, if it wasn't at Senio Hall or in Living Color, I'm out of shit Right. So I was in that kind of situation. And I was like, if you guys want to come over to my home, I have a VHS tape. And I, I kind of learned pretty swiftly that, you know, you have to do a lot to impress people. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would have been cool to be, uh, like, be on, like, uh, Homie the Clown or something, but I still think it was cool to be uh, where in the world is Carmen San Diego. Well, when, did you, yeah, when did you realize, like, that you were good at trivia? And is that something that you, like, it, I, don't, I don't assume, like, you trained for trivia. I don't even know how you do that, but is it just something, like, you, you naturally remember, like, details? You know, for, I can't speak for everyone who does trivia. We have amazing experts on our show. One of them is Ken Jennings, who mm-hmm. won 74 consecutive episodes of Jeopardy. Another guy, Raj Duwalia, who's probably in the top five in the world in terms of just knowing random facts. And we all approach it differently. My approach is 
really, really piecemeal. I kind of like chunk a lot of things together. I know a lot for sure. I, I can't argue with that. But, you know, if you and I know where to go to see a Tarantino movie tomorrow, and then six months from now, someone would ask both of us a question about it, I might recall a little bit more about what I saw than you maybe, only because I've trained my brain in such a way to remember and almost treat as important certain kinds of information. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Sherry Shepard, who is, who is the host, uh, the, what's she like uh, to work with and just as a person? Oh, Sherry is a delight. First of all, she's hilarious. She's tiny. I mean, I'm six foot six, and I would say she just crosses five one, five two. Uh-huh. So it's just fun, our dynamic together. And, you know, she was on Stony Rock and The View and all these shows. So, you know, she can improvise with the best of them. She's, she's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned you know she's on TV, sh- other TV shows, or where it was on other TV shows. Now uh, you know obviously being smart is uh, is helpful in these shows, but it, it is still a TV show. So uh, like being entertaining is that something you worked on or you had to work on? Uh, working, I wouldn't call it working. It just is a natural gift. <laughs> I did. Um, yeah, I wouldn't sort of. I don't have any entertainment or acting kind of background. Um, I used to write jokes when I was on Twitter for a little bit, and I have a lot of friends who are comedians, but in general, I'm a lively guy, and I feel like it translates when I'm on camera. So mm-hmm. that's hopefully a huge part of it. I, the whole dynamic of the show is, you know, it's a living room. It's not meant to be intense, like who wants to be a millionaire with this? You know, mm-hmm. music and flashing lights. It's just to be kind of, hey, I'm inviting some friends over and let's, you know, answer some questions and have a few laughs. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely has a laid back feel. It's it's just kind of a fun show. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, is, uh, you know, the part of it is, uh, if, if they win and they come back, they can have, they, they could, uh, replace one of you guys. So is there job security when you're watching the show, when you're on the show, like, Hey, if these guys do really good. They might replace me. That's a great question. Um, you know, among us experts, we probably <laughs> shouldn't admit that we do have a little tension when it comes to really, really good contestants. You know, we, uh-huh have kind of built up a little bit of a camaraderie and I would say we're not scared, but definitely we try a little bit harder, the better the contestants <laughs> And, you know, by the, by the time they get to the point where they could replace us, I feel like we're all hands on deck. Like we are, we are, we, 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 we turn into Michael Jordan in the fourth quarter almost. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't want to miss any shots. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Play to win. So, uh, what is it about game shows that like that caught your your uh, interest? Well, can you think of a game show that you used to watch that you enjoy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you know, the, when you're a kid, or I mean, from whether you're eight or eighty, you're watching a regular person just like you on TV. That's the first jump. But mm-hmm. then the second thing is that life changing amount of money that can happen. You know, just for mm-hmm knowing things that, yes, when you're sitting at home, you can do. So there's like a huge relatability, but there's almost a, if he can do it, why not me? That's, that's exciting. And it's you know, a life-changing amount of money. It's also usually in the course of 70 minutes where it happens. And your luck can be involved, pressure's involved, and 
I don't know. I, I just I gravitated towards it. I grew up not very wealthy, in fact, not well off at all, and it was kind of a fantasy for me to go on a show like, you know, the ten thousand dollar pyramid or Wheel of Fortune or something. And mm-hmm. thankfully, I've made those dreams come true. I've kind of continued pressing, believing in it, and sending yeah. applications constantly. Yeah. What were some of the, your favorite ones when you were a kid? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, when I was uh, probably around eight or nine years old, and my brother was around 12 or 13, we would watch Jeopardy after dinner every single night. And it was a competition for us. We would keep score, we would yell at each other and argue if we said it the right way or the wrong way. We'd even make wagers at the end. And I remember, you know, it was fun because we were learning. My parents kind of approved of it. But it was also this opportunity for me to really gain confidence because I remember at one point there was a question that all three contestants on Jeopardy didn't know. And me as a nine-year-old, I knew the answer. So that was kind of like a huge jump ahead in kind of my sort of mental image of how well I could possibly do. Yeah. Uh, how about a host? Were, did any uh, standout hosts that, that you liked when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Um, Bob Barker was always fun. They had to yeah, yeah. have your pet skater needed. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Family feud, huh? mm-hmm. uh, I think Richard Dawson was one of them. He yeah. was kind of famous for being so amorous, especially like, <laughs> you know, yeah. 18 year old. <laughs> I guess he would just, like, come up and give him a big old hug and kiss. I'm like, yeah, this guy's a Lothario. <laughs> he's always on my TV. So that was kind of fun. I remember him really vividly, but I guess, yeah. you know, Zana. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I grew up watching game shows myself. Uh, probably started with my grandmother, who was always a huge uh, game show fan. And uh, it's cool that, you know, the game show network is around and it has, you know, classic games and has new games. Uh, like when you're a kid, did you ever think someday there would be like a network that would ha- would be all game shows like, all day? No. Um, well, you know, when you're staying home from school, and, exactly. Yeah. You know, you're. You know, make you believe that you're sick and you get to watch all of these shows like mm-hmm. Password and all of these other kind of shows. That are, I mean, the price is right as one of those shows, but you're not supposed to be able to watch as a kid. It comes on in the middle of the day while you're supposed to be in school. But I can tell you, I saw enough Plinko in, in my youth, but I never imagined that it would be something that would be you know, basically 24 7. Just being shows on YouTube, just being shows in, you know, every single kind of network you can imagine, and all around the world, in fact. You know, the, the guy who set the record for being on the most game shows is named David St. John, who lives in Great Britain. And there's a couple who live in California who've been on a bunch as well. Like, I've been on 13 shows. And this yeah. guy, David, has been on, like, 35. So oh, the wow. BBC just keeps cranking them out. So it's, it's kind of like a worldwide thing. And I haven't even mentioned Japan, where game shows are kind of a culture there, basically, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, what is the process to become a contestant on a game show? Uh, well, uh, it depends on obviously the show. Some of them I've been very, mm-hmm. very fortunate. I was on a show called Cash Tab, and Cash Tab, you know, yeah. the whole conceit of the show is it was randomly walking around in New York. Right, which I was going to ask you about if it wasn't as random as it seems. Yeah. <laughs> Not remotely. Um, <laughs> most every single show you take a test for. So they kind of tested me and under the 
offices that I was supposed to be on a you know, basic cable travel show. And I was excited about that, but not excited enough to go on. And then my friend, he actually did go on. He told me it was a game show. Luckily, I saw them at another fog that I was supposed to be And unbeknownst to them, I knew who they were, so I treated it as a full audition. And yeah, it's that kind of thing. You know, not only the audition process is usually a, a test, sometimes another test, and then a contestant interview with a producer, sometimes mm-hmm. another one. And like, you know, for some of these shows, like I was on a show called 500 Questions, I probably did a month of auditioning to get onto that show. Whereas for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and for Carmen Sandiego, I think I could maybe one hour of auditions and I was on the show a week later. So mm. it's kind of random, to be honest. Yeah. What are, what are, what do they look for in the auditions? Like uh, someone who has personality or you know, something that stands out on the show? Or? Well, obviously, number one is the efficacy, how well you can actually handle the material. Mm-hmm. So for millionaire, you know, you take a 50 question test for Jeopardy, you take 30, 50 question test. And before they even do the contestant interviews and care about your personality, you have to prove that you know stuff. But then after that, the personality does, it's a big net that catches a lot of people who want to get on the show, and some people don't get in it because, you know, you can't just come, I mean, the, the kind of classic yarn of a Jeopardy contestant who doesn't get on is, oh, hi, Alex, I, I like to read and go on walks. <laughs> it's just, doesn't really cut it to get on TV. You have to, yeah. you know, even if you don't think that you're interesting, you have to find something. And you know, for me, like I clap until my hands hurt, I smile until my face hurts. You know, I'm just I'm one of those guys. Uh-huh. So those those the personality parts are kind of easy for me. The, the learning parts are yeah, they all become with work. Yeah. Did you ever try out for a game show or a film a game show that never made it to TV? Because when I was in uh, Hollywood a few years ago, like uh, they were handing out slips to go uh, be on some game show, and that that show actually never aired and never went on television. Uh, yeah, about three of the shows that I've tried out for either didn't air or just somewhere in the conception process they kind mm-hmm. of changed the show around and it became something completely different. So a friend of mine, Heather, she was on a show called Mental Samurai. She was actually the grand champion. And we were on a show together to chase. So there's mm-hmm. this kind of niche group of people like me who try to go on a lot of shows. This show, Mental Samurai, when I first tried out for it, was called The Brain. And they wanted me to play chess and solve Rubik's Cube all the same time while answering trivia questions. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they rejiggered the show enough that they put people in like, you know, a giant, like, slingshot and it would shoot them up into the air and shake them in, like, a metal cage. They're uh-huh. so, like, oh, this is not enough. We need to really mess with these people's lives. I'm kind of glad I didn't get on this, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know if, like, because uh, when I had David Ruprecht on from uh, Supermarket Sweep, he said um, if the contestants' episode didn't air for whatever reason, they actually didn't get the money. So even if if they won on the show, like they didn't get paid unless the the uh, the episode aired. Does do you know anything like that on any game shows that, that you've been on? That is a good question. Um, I would say that I know that my friend uh, Richard Mason was on Five Hundred Questions after the first season. They came back with the second season, changed it around a bunch, and then they didn't invite him back. I mm-hmm. think he was able to get paid. I was waiting for Wim Ben Stein's money and I was in the background and 
actually didn't get on the show, but I know a guy whose episode didn't air, I think he did get paid. So it depends on the contract, but yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised to hear that. Yeah, yeah. That would be horrible if you went on and you won yeah. like a million dollars. I'm like, oh, we didn't air the episode. You don't get it. But the, yeah, uh, I mean, look, I like fame a lot, and sometimes uh-huh. I like the idea of being on the show the most. Sure, like, sure. Of, of, of the 13 shows I've been on, I've only won money on about like half, like six of them. Uh-huh. So, you know, seven of these shows, I'm just like happy that I got on the air. But mm-hmm. if on one of those shows I won money and they didn't air it, when I felt bad, I don't know. It's hard to live. It's hard to happen to me. <laughs> so when you do try out for like multiple game uh, shows, do they ever look to see like, hey, you've already been on, you know, these other shows? Uh, does it does that hurt you being on another show, or do they not care? That is the eternal question. That's a question I ask myself all the time because I don't let it stop me. I I try out for shows and I try out for shows and every single time I do, you know, there's a rule that says, you know, you can't get on this show if you've been on, you know, another game show in the past year or if you've been on three shows in the past 10 years. But I can't think of a single three-year period of my life where I haven't been on a show. So I'm always on a show and I'm always trying out for the next show. I sometimes put, you know, most of the information and it's kind of a weird resume thing where you don't want to include all of your jobs. <laughs> right. Uh, I um but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, most of the shows know because they Google me and they see how many shows I've been on. But uh the secret is if you're good enough, they don't really care. Yeah, yeah. Now you mentioned um uh, some of that you were on the chase with and then you were on another show with uh does that happen a lot? Like you get to know people uh, from the auditions, uh, you know, if, is there like a group of people that you see it at different shows? Oh, absolutely. The, the trivia community and the game show community has grown. There's sort of Facebook groups with where people share sort of hints and tips. They talk about like, Oh, I got onto uh, the price is right. Watch me you know, next month, or oh, I'm coming back for the Deputy Tournament Champions, that kind of thing, you know, and they also share, like, maybe helping study tips, too. I, I, one of the guys who I'm on the show with is named Ryan Tracy. He was, he's a Yale grad, he's a genius, super funny guy, and when he won the Tournament Champions on Jeopardy, he came back and shared all of the study guys that he had made. He called them Pavlov. And they were just brilliant. And if I wasn't in this community, I don't think I wouldn't have done. I don't think I would have done as well on Jeopardy. Mm. And, and it helps. It's fun to kind of see a person who maybe lost on who wants to be a millionaire, and then you see him at a quiz night, and then yeah. So we have a, a fun little community. I, I can't lie. Yeah. So yeah, you also mentioned Ken Jennings, which. Uh, probably, I guess, arguably the most famous uh, Jeopardy contestant. Uh, what's he like as a person? Oh boy. Well, obviously everyone should go follow Ken Jennings uh-huh. at KenJenningsOnTwitter.com just to sort of get a slice or a glimpse of his life. He has a, a great uh, uh, blog, and you know, there's all kinds of things that you find out about people, but when you see them in person, it's fun that it all kind of works out. Like, everything he does is really natural. Like, he's not a put-on put kind of guy. Like, what you mm-hmm. see is what you get. He knows a lot. He's a regular, he has a charm to him, and he is quick 
with the wit as well. But, you know, he's also not like me. I'm, I'm crying. And I'm like, hey, party's done. And so he kind of took back in the car. He knows what's up. You know, he's, he's done his work to get to where he is. And he deserves every bit of compliments he gets because he's one of the best. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I mentioned a professional Scrabble player. First of all, what does that even mean? Is there like a is there like a, a Scrabble like uh, league that people compete in? Oh, absolutely, there's the uh, NFC, uh, and there's a lot of you know national Scrabble players who will compete in national tournaments. So my son Dave Kennedy is near the top, and I played against Joel Sherman and Joel Edley. Um, as, as tournaments go. I am mostly a club player. I've played one rated event, and I've played tons and tons of club tournaments from all up and down the East Coast, from Cambridge all the way down to Parsippany in Maryland. Um, it was a one-year kind of experiment for me. I played with my friend Gregory Shahadi, a very strong chess player, and he challenged me to Scrabble about, I want to say, 10 years ago. I've always considered myself a great Scrabble player because I have a huge vocabulary, and my mom was actually a tournament player as well. So I didn't expect that I was going to lose to my friend Greg. Long story short, he kicked my butt, and I decided to put chess on the back burner and focus on Scrabble. Uh, started off by reading Word Freak and memorizing the two and two of the words, and I played tournaments for a whole year. And I made some pretty good money and got a few lessons out of it, but it's, you know, I... I'm a jack of all trades, and it's hard to keep continue pursuing all of them. So Scrabble's actually gone back on the back burner since I've taken more trivia. Are you yeah. a Scrabble player? Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Cambridge, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah, they'll have uh, a tournament there. I would say a regional every few months, and you can look up online to find out you know what local tournaments will be. But the East Coast is especially the Northeast Corridor. Very yeah. fruitful for many uh, Scrabble tournaments. Yeah, I, I'm just—I was asked because I'm in Massachusetts and I go to Cambridge a lot, so uh, it's interesting. Yeah. 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 So, uh, were, were you just you know always in three-letter words? Go that again. I'm sorry. Do you know your three-letter words? I, uh, I'd probably have to. I haven't played Scrabble in a long time, so I don't know if I do very good in, the, in a tournament. But uh, I, I like Scrabble. Well, the secret is the two and three letter words of the mm. soul of the game. You know, I mean, you can find the greatest bingos and the coolest plays, but if you don't have anywhere to put them, then mm. you're screwed. So knowing those twos and threes, and especially overlapping, is huge. Right. Um, and they use a few different kinds of dictionaries in competitive Scrabble. Some of mm-hmm. the best players are from the Philippines. They don't even speak a word of English, but they've memorized the Scrabble dictionary. So. Don't be too, too much of a rush to jump in a Scrabble tournament because it can be daunting. <laughs> right. Yeah, I probably wouldn't do very well. But that that's a good tip, though, even if you're just playing with your friends out there. Uh, learn your two- and three-letter words. I know what you're saying, because then you could do multiple words uh, and you know, sneak the little letters in, in between the in the corners and uh, get a lot of points. Yeah, and a big misnomer for Scrabble happens to be people, they won't have the greatest scoring play every single time. That's mm-hmm. actually how you win the game. You win the game by having the most points at the end. So mm-hmm. one of the secret tips is, A, the blank is the best pile in the game. And don't be afraid to score zero on a turn if you can maximize your next turn. And that mm-hmm. means, you know, don't be afraid to throw away your garbage letters and take a pass. Yeah. That kind of thing is huge in trouble. So yeah. the average kind of casual living room player just doesn't know it. 
That's kind of a, a chess uh, a mentality there, thinking, you know, moves ahead. Oh, absolutely. I mean, chess is kind of the, the fruit fly of AI. It's the fruit fly of games. It is the template for which you can learn other things. But I, I learned chess through strategy and tactics like most people, but there's also openings and middle games and end games and, and mistakes. The same mistakes that we make over and over again. And once you start uh, addressing and analyzing those mistakes, then you start to improve rapidly. And I kind of took that and I applied it to Batman and Scrabble and all these other games that I play. You know, when I, when people ask me, oh, what's the great question that you remember getting right? I'm like, uh, I don't, I don't remember what the great question is, but I remember all the ones I got <laughs> wrong and the ones that costed me money. You know, it's, it's almost uh-huh. like I have that mentality of figuring out what I did wrong and fixing it that I yeah. think it helped push me forward. Mm-hmm. So were you just always into games in general, you know, board games, card games? Because I also see you into poker, uh, trivia games, just games all around. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm i a pretty big guy. I'm six foot six. And, mm-hmm. you know, I liked sports a lot growing up. You know, I played football in my neighborhood and, and I was, you know, on the high school basketball team for a month before I quit very quickly because I just didn't apply myself in sports. Even though I'm super competitive, it, I never had that super athletic charm. But board games, on the other hand, they were just around. Uh, you know, the rec league, the YMCA, that kind of thing, had Connect Four, Checkers. And I don't know why. I was always just drawn to those tabletop classic board games. I wanted to beat everybody at everything and yeah really i mean i can tell you i'll beat you at taboo or monopoly or quite easy or you know pick a game i want to beat you at it yeah 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 i agree i grew up playing a car i grew up playing all kinds of games role-playing games too uh um but board games card games everything and uh and you always i always did the same you got to play to win because uh otherwise what are you doing Right. So I saw you also a poker. What, what's your what's your favorite uh, type of uh, uh, poker game? Well, as of late, it's been Pot Limit Omaha. Uh, mm-hmm. However, I would say I kind of cut my teeth on No Limit Texas Hold'em. I mean, that's the you know Phil Ivy and Chris Moneymaker, the, the the games that we all see on ESPN. Uh, I played in the World Series of Poker in 2006 and 2007. Oh, awesome. And, you know, I've gone back kind of satellite in and, you know, I've taken some smaller things, but nothing very big and notable. I have probably one of my biggest wins in that Atlantic City. But I play a lot of home games and I play uh, even some games here in New York. Yeah. Yeah. My grandfather taught me how to play poker when I was six. I thank him for that. And do you have the money? <laughs> I also Would you like the play? I will. Yeah, I will play. I'll play. Yeah. I I remember a uh, story. I said many times he's uh uh I I cried because he he wouldn't give me back my pennies that he won. But then he told me he's like you've got to learn how to lose. And then so ever since then it's like well if you lose you if you lose even if it's pennies you uh you can't expect to get it back. You know I've heard that piece of advice. You got to learn how to lose too. Mm-hmm. Good trying. Uh, I I just don't have enough experience. So. <laughs> All right, it's a little bit of ego here. I see. So, <laughs> which I think, which I think you need to succeed at whatever you're doing. You have to have a little bit of an ego. 
Uh, yeah, a little bit of humility helps as well. Don't worry, sure. I get cut down a lot. Really, I'm not going to tell you that I never do. I just haven't learned how to do it well. All right. So do, do, are you a trash talker when you're on these games? Well, since I grew up in Brooklyn, and uh-huh. I grew up playing chess in the park, I'm definitely a trash talker. It's good <laughs> nature for sure. I mean, I'm not trying to break anybody's heart. Sure, I understand. Thing, it's but, it's like a fun, I, a fun, I, lighthearted thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, half of my trash talk is just saying good things about myself, and mm-hmm. half of it is sort of a little kind of a pity party when you're leaving. Uh, <laughs> right. And I, yeah, I, I, I kind of enjoy it. You know, I was playing chess with these hustlers, and they would take my allowance that my mom gave me, and they would <laughs> kind of make me feel worse about it. I'm like, ah, oh, uh-huh. all I want to do is beat them so bad. And <laughs> it's, it's weird when you're competitive and the person you're competing against is not competitive enough, mm-hmm. sometimes trash talk raises their interest in competing and then makes the, the game more sweet. Is that an <laughs> evil thing to say? <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, when I was in sixth grade in Trust Club, I when I would win, I would sing I Am The Champion. It's like the, the Queen song, We Are The Champions, but I would just sing it, I Am The Champion. And then I'd say, no time for losers and point at them. It, it was probably not the best thing to do, but but it was fun, right? <laughs> so best ever trivia show is on weekdays, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. You can see yourself on there amongst uh, many other experts. It's a, it's a very fun show. And yeah, uh, I really, really highly recommend everybody watch the best ever trivia show on the Game Show Network. Yeah, yeah, it's a great time. And uh, now, now with uh, so you can watch it, you know, live. You can also watch it on demand on the on the Game Show Network. If uh, like on my, I have a Xfinity Comcast. You go there and watch the last few episodes. So uh, check it out; it's good times. And where can people follow yourself if they want? Not like at your house, but like online. Uh, well, you know, you can go to the Game Show Network Twitter or Instagram and see what I'm up to. They will update with things about Jonathan Corbla. Uh, you can find me in New York in the parks, or who knows, whatever game show you tune into, you might see me there as well. I'm a little bit of a mystery in that way. Alright, very good. Well, I really appreciate this, and I had fun talking with you. You too, thanks so much. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. All my high school friends are off in college now. I get high and watch TV all day Living in my mother's basement's really not that bad I got everything I need and I don't pay And I never asked to grow up So please don't make me do it I wasn't meant to grow up Don't think I'll make it through it Things have been going south Cards and playing ball Then came high school classes That I couldn't understand And girls who wouldn't notice me at all But I never asked to grow up So please don't make me do it I wasn't meant to grow up Don't think I'll make it through it Things have been going south since I 
make a move, I just agree with them. But I say not now. No, not right now. When they say I need to get a life, I just agree with them. But I don't know how. No, I don't know. Me.